0: Hey, what is up? Welcome back to the Becoming the Character podcast. My name is Dallas and I'm the voice of this podcast. Um, what I want to talk about today is functional fix- fixedness. Is a term that I learned in psychology class when I was a senior in high school and how it applies um, to becoming the character and obviously building the systems that perpetuates your ideas into the world as a character. Um, we're very limited by how this psychological factor affects the way we pursue any activity and, um, and how it defines our lives. Back in high school, um, you know, all I wanted to do was win a state title. I was a wrestler. All I wanted to do was win a state title. And, um... Every single day, you know, what I did to win a state title, whether it was fall, whether it was summer, whether it was winter, whether it was spring, I would wrestle. I would wrestle and wrestle and wrestle. Um, But when it comes to things like wrestling and and when it comes to anything in this world, and that's what intelligence is. Intelligence is how quickly you learn patterns, you know, um, frameworks. Um, What I did with wrestling and and what we do with business and building characters out um, and inserting them into uh, markets and society Um, what we do is we learn frameworks. Um, and so wrestling, I wanted to be a good wrestler. And so I learned the frameworks that were produced by great wrestlers. I watched Jordan Burroughs, David Taylor, who just won Olympic gold medal. Um, Yazdani, his opponent, you know, from, since he was a kid, we're, you know, wrestling Aaron Pico, um, at the junior world championships. I was watching all these different people. And, um, oftentimes in order to, you know, find the best recipe for my own wrestling, what I would do is, uh really clone what it is that they were doing i was doing a lot more than modeling their behaviors and their techniques i would clone them to a t um i would practice their exact movements their exact hand placements down to a t and if i got any increment of the movement wrong i would i would rehearse it over and over again to it was right because obviously they're world champions and they you know they do things the right way um and so that's what i would do i would um you know, practice my moves over and over and over again. I would drill them over and over and over again. And this was I think this is, you know, drilling frameworks I think is one of the initial secrets to success in anything. But I would drill the frameworks of a move. It was like a double leg. You know, I would I would, you know, um I would drill my drop step a few different times and so you place the foot forward and then you drive down to the knee and then uh when you're extended the, the, the back foot, the follow up leg follows through. Um And you complete the movement i would practice the drop step a few times and then from there i'm just breaking down the anatomy of a takedown in wrestling if you don't know from there i would you know go from the drop step component of the technique to um you know the technique you know the actual technique itself so maybe i was working on a single leg maybe i was working on a double leg with a double leg i would work on the exact steps you know exact framework behind a double leg i would you know do the drop step obviously or or maybe if i wasn't practicing it all together i was practicing them in portions because frameworks would exist separately. I would work on placing both hands behind the, the, um, the legs, behind the knees, um, you know, to, to do a double leg. Um, and different coaches teach it different ways, you know, they say snake behind the calves. But, you know, the way I learned it was right up behind the knees, right up behind the thighs, um, and kind of wrap around the knees, you know, till your fingers are, you know, right around the front. Um, and uh, so then you would, to, to perform a double leg takedown, you would take your head and force it into their rib cage just below their uh, breast breastplate, I guess you would call it. And you would wanna run your feet on a 45 degree angle while lifting and raising. You would always wanna elevate and finish. Uh, and when I was finished practicing the framework for a double leg, I would put the drop step and the double leg obviously together. You know um when i say practicing the framework for a double leg you know, like we would do situational activities where we would start from different positions and, and things like that and you wouldn't necessarily do the drop step sometimes you just start with the double leg already secured. you understand what i'm saying um i would put these frameworks together and i would practice them to a t um and i get i began to associate you know uh certain moves with certain frameworks or ways of doing them um and it would be a fixed, static routine. that would do it the same every single time. Um, and so, let's say for like a tilt. A tilt is a wrestling move where, in wrestling, if your back is is you know you you know in wrestling, there 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 are multiple positions. There's neutral where the opponents are facing each other, try to take you know trying to take each other down. And then there's two other positions: top and bottom. Um, the top position is obviously secure when you take someone down and you're you're atop them, working for a pin. The bottom position is when you're on the bottom and you're being worked... You're working for an escape or you're working not to be pinned. Um, But the top position, there's a move called a tilt. Okay, so when in wrestling, when you put someone on their Pin someone's shoulder blades to the mat, that's a pin. Um, But there are other ways to score in folk style wrestling. You know, high school, collegiate wrestling. Um, When you tilt someone's body till... You know, they're not flat on their stomach any longer. But their their, their body... um, is they're, they're tilted onto their side and their body is breaking a 45 degree angle with the tilt with their shoulder blades closer to the mat than not. Um, and so you're tilting them uh, essentially, and their backs are facing the mat. Um, that move is called a tilt. And what I would practice too, I would practice a particular static framework for the tilt. You know, it would be hand on the elbow. Uh, you know, I'm I shouldn't really go too much into detail because I believe the people listening to this might not be wrestlers. Uh, left hand on the elbow, right hand on the wrist, um, and um, then you would force your left leg under their thigh, uh, right into their hip bone. Uh, point that leg up to the ceiling, and then you would you would you would lean back and elevate their bottom feet with your right free leg. Um, and that's how a tilt would be done. Now you don't necessarily have to know about wrestling to understand the concept of what I'm bringing this podcast, but everything I practice, I would practice completely static i would practice it like it was a recipe and it had to be done this way um and it worked a lot you know it was it was it was a successful technique it was a technique that delivered me to like i said a county silver uh medal and a regional uh championship and all ultimately banned the mvp of my team um but i remember you know because i was a fan of wrestling looking at the sport and looking at the way it was done uh post my graduation, post the point where I started wrestling. And I would watch, you know, these wrestlers more closely. Um, They would teach in their technique videos a certain way of doing techniques, but I would watch them in the matches and and, and, in the battles that they had and the way they would actually execute techniques. Uh, One of my favorite wrestlers that I watched was Spencer Lee. Um, He's a three-time NCAA champion, probably going to be a four-time NCAA champion, one of the greatest college wrestlers ever at this point in time, a 125-pound guy. Um, and I would watch him a lot in high school, but it wasn't until after high school where I really began to study and admire the work. Well, I always admire the work, but really just be super analytical about the work that he was doing. And I watched it. He has a killer tilt series is how he scores a lot when he wrestles. And um, I would watch him wrestling uh, in his college matches because I was just a fan of him and the way he would tilt was so fluid he would go from this angle to this angle and switch his hands from here and hands from here and he would do something that a lot of the other PA guys would do um like another guy PA guy Chance Marceller uh one thing that he would do was that he would uh you know with 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 a tilt um you know uh what the way I traditionally learned it was that both hands had to be uh from the top position gripping the arm it had to be gripping the forearm but the way they would do it they would have one hand gripping the forearm and one hand on the the elbow and you know the way he did it was so fluid you know he switched from variation to variation to variation and he did combinations that i didn't know was effective and i didn't know existed um and uh even furthermore when he couldn't secure the parts of the body parts of the framework that he that he had practiced and preached himself um A lot of the times he would forego certain parts of the framework and do the tilt anyway. You know, he would do a tilt with one hand or maybe he would just have their waist and he would just be tilt. Like he would just tilt them anyway, like even without a wrist. Like, um, one of the things I realized about high, 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 you know, high, um, high, uh, High potential wrestlers, I guess you would call them, high, high, highly performing wrestlers, is that they would follow frameworks very loosely and really just focus on the principles that made techniques function, and it kind of made me realize looking back at my high school career, it was a lot of stiffness in the way that I performed, and it was through that stiffness and through that functional fixedness, the ways that I viewed the moves, that I fell short in a lot of my matches. Um, I would, I would, I would, I would focus in a lot of positions on the minute details that made a technique function, instead of just. Um, you know, in the frameworks, the specifics that made a technique function rather than just focusing solely on, you know, the principles that made the move work. Um, like one of my favorite moves is an ankle pick. In, in order to do an ankle pick, you have to have what is called a collar tie. Essentially, you put your forearm on the side of someone's neck. You wrap your wrist around the back of their head and you use that tie up is what they call it. You use that uh, that setup to move your opponent around and then you reach down to to secure, uh, you, re- you, you make them step and then you... You place a block behind their ankle and you push their head over their ankle. That's essentially how ankle pick is performed. But um, you know, uh, I would obsess a lot in high school about okay, okay. I, I don't have the collar tie. I can't do an ankle pick. All I have is an elbow, or all I has a all I have is a, a underhook. Um, but even post graduation, even sometimes in high school. I would watch a lot of wrestlers like Yasdani and they would get to the underhook from Kyle Snyder from various positions that didn't involve the steps of the uh, the framework that I traditionally known, and it allowed them to be a way more successful and versatile wrestler. And they, from this, uh, this you know, instead of focusing on the frameworks, focusing on the principle. Okay, you want momentum, and you want to block the foot. That really is the anatomy behind ankle pick, not a collar tie, not a you know, it can work from any tie. The principle is what matters. From them focusing on the principle, it allows them to have fun and be creative and be unexpected and fluid um, in ways that propel their success further than anyone else. You know, uh, if you're grabbing from a collar tie, um, a lot of opponents are looking for the ankle pick. They knew what I was up to. But if I grab them from an elbow and I do the ankle pick anyhow, like they might not expect that recipe because that wasn't the framework that they were taught traditionally. Just mixing and matching and, 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 and exploration of the variations allowed them the success that you know most people will never reach. Um, and I don't know what it was that made me think about that, um, particularly yesterday. But yesterday, I was just riding on the Peloton. You know, I like to do Peloton, I've been eating right recently, um, I've been dieting, I've lost about nearly 10 pounds in the last two weeks. Um, and I was riding on the Peloton. and I was listening to this one instructor. It was uh, a lady. Um, I'm not going to say her name, but it was a young lady. And she was talking about, you know, her career and uh, how she switched from working as a lawyer to, to doing Peloton. It was just something that was inspirational. Um, but it was really the icing on the cake. And it really compelled me to to really think more deeply and finitely about the thoughts that I had been having all week. All week I had been watching, uh, you know, the spectacles that happen across the the scenery of hip hop. You know, Kanye West at the Mercedes Benz Stadium, and they're carrying up him up into the sunlight, and you know he's doing, um, you know, uh, he's weightlifting on the um, on the live stream and carrying on, and you know all the things that's happened with Takashi six nine. Like it, it, you know, it's a lot going on in hip hop. And traditionally, I would always look at hip hop and say to myself like yo like the things that these rappers and these people do like they could do it so much better you know they're not real marketers they don't know anything about marketing um i would say that year after year after year i always said that in the past um but time and time again these people not not takashi obviously but people like kanye west would go platinum or triple platinum or double platinum you know or you know, this rapper who came and did this silly thing, his out album would go crazy or his song would go viral, time and time again. And year after year after year I insisted, despite the results that were ahead of me, that this isn't real marketing. Um and it kind of brought me full circle to the conversation that I that I'm having right here. You know, um I thought of marketing a real fixed, in in a function like with through through a lens of real functional fixedness. Uh, traditionally, and I think a lot of people listening to this podcast probably can relate to this. Traditionally, we always think about marketing as, you know, get traffic through the internet by either the Dream 100 or, 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 you know, Facebook or Google advertisements. Um, you know, send it to a landing page, a digital website, a landing page or sales funnel uh, to collect the sale or collect the lead and then retarget them through an email autoresponder. This is the way I always thought about marketing. Um, and I've been, you know, the, the, the point of this podcast is we, we want to market ourselves and our own beliefs to the world and build systems that continue those things, that perpetuate those things to make sure that they don't, don't go extinct. We want to have characters attached to business models that fuel the propagation of those characters throughout the world. Um... And um, I've been writing for myself campaigns. I have a campaign calendar on my wall. I have a calendar that says that, that that you know, in which I'm supposed to write out every movement I'm supposed to do um, in order to launch my character into society. Because I've been working on that, everything I preach on this podcast for myself, obviously. So I have a campaign calendar where I write down events in and in, in, in orchestrations of noise that will eventually bring my character to the world. Um, it's been fascinating stuff. But for the last... You know, I put up that calendar wall probably about a month ago. And, you know, uh, i had been for the last month just staring at that calendar. Just wanting to... uh, Just looking for ways and opportunities in which that I can, you know, actually... Bring that character to life and actually bring income into to to support that character and support his life and the principles that it's designed behind, uh, and have that perpetuate into the world. I've been looking at that calendar, just staring at it for about a month, and it's mostly be empty. Um, I came back from Maryland with the idea to buy this calendar, but I had no idea how I would fill it up. I mean, I, I figured I'd be able to fill it up, but you know, I would just wasn't able to. My initial idea for filling up the ca- calendar, and this is why, was that I would fill it up with interviews that I would do with different podcasters for my dream 100 um but it's very difficult to get interviews from people in your dream 100 and um these interviews are all spaced weirdly they're all few and far between like it's hard to um you know get them day after day after day after day I was just telling myself I would grind every day to make sure I got an interview every day um for the podcast and to promote anything that I wanted to promote um but long story short a month had passed you know to this date uh, currently, that you're hearing this podcast, uh, or that this podcast is posted, and the calendars that remain empty, and I was just struggling. Like, why is it like happening like this? You know, uh, I want who I am. You know, the skills that I represent. Uh, I want I want to have that be a flagship of a community and and to change people's lives and give people something to aspire to to chase. Um, I want my character to come to life. Um, and. and and signify changes in society and as well as my own life because of that action um but for some reason, I just sat up there and I really didn't know how it would be done. It wasn't really till watching you know for the sixth or seventh year in a row, you know Kanye West do something strange or bizarre, and all the results that he was getting um till it finally just clicked in my head. you know, I was just sitting on the peloton after I got off the peloton yesterday, and I just I just thought to myself I'd been thinking it. You know, back-to-back-to-back to back to back all day. But for some reason, like, it just recently really was solidified after I got out of the Peloton. I just said to myself, you know how in wrestling you thought, you know, every move was defined by its specific framework and any other way of doing it was wrong? That's what I said to myself. um And how that functional fitness, fixing this your capabilities as a wrestler. I realized yesterday sitting there, I was... Really repeating the same issue in my life um, with the marketing and the building of my character. I always said to myself, marketing is used through ads and it's used with a framework or a funnel that's happening online. And then with an autoresponder, that was always marketing to me. But I just realized just sitting there on that Peloton, like, well, that's a real fixed way to think about it. Look at all the results that Kanye West are getting, or Takashi are getting, or all these different artists, you know, that are doing these different things are getting. Look at, look at, look at, you know, anybody, anybody that's someone in the world, you know, Conor McGregor, whoever it might be. Look at all the results all these people are getting. Look at all the followers and the millions and, and the reverence that they have from society. Look at what they're getting. It made me really realize for the first time that marketing is so much more than a landing page, or, or in fact. Marketing is supposed to go against the grain because attention follows things that are experimental and new, not things that are tried and true and that we've gone, you know, scent blind to because we smelled it all our lives. Um And so just sitting here, you know, I, like all this week, I've been planning to do a, like an epic flyer campaign, like where I use traditional means of marketing. I've, like I've never considered that in my life. I've never thought of that. Like things like direct mail. You can pay the post office to send your letters, you send your sales letters to people whose literal addresses they're little, you can play them to send like letters to an entire block. You know, for the first time yesterday, just riding down Sunset Boulevard, I looked up and I realized, like, wait, these billboards aren't digital and they aren't leading to digital products on the internet. They're leading to stores. They're spending billions on these billboards cumulatively or millions. But guess what? They're spending that money because they work. Flyers are the same thing as billboards Just a little smaller And you know Absolutely free um, And Because it just kind of started blowing my mind Like people really You know Space that you rent on the internet For an ad um, Is literally the exact same uh, as, as space that you Post uh, An advertisement or a flyer in real life It's the exact same um, just something that's posted in where people can see and, and that gets their attention the only difference is that the internet is a hot commodity right now and so the space on the internet is marked up the function of these things are the same and I was watching a guy yesterday who was who was driving through some neighborhoods tossing flyers on a clip he said he got an 8,000 client that way just tossing flyers two people's lawns and it really solidified that idea for me um, marketing really is so much more than landing pages and funnels and, 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 and campaigns run through Facebook ads and uh, through with, with internet influencers that you've never met. It's so much more. Marketing is anything that orchestrates attention for the purpose of a sale. Now, those even lost his words, by the way. But anything that orchestrates attention for the purpose of a sale. And the, 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 the fixed way of going about it is actually the antithesis of marketing marketing is all about doing new creative things that are against the grain and mary realized i couldn't fill the calendar up because i thought about this 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 role in such a fixed way like you can fill this up with anything you can fill this up with local billboard campaigns you can fill this up with flyer campaigns you can fill this up with 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 internet influencer campaigns you could throw local events you could throw internet events like it doesn't matter you can do it any which way you want it like these wrestlers you could do that tilt you can do that double leg you can do that headlock any that fireman's carry any way you want in fact the more bizarrely you do it the more non-traditionally you do it the more against the framework you do it if the principles are still intact if you still follow principle the better off you'll be is what what I realized and so, what I mean is that, like, even just wearing a bizarre outfit with your website on the front, like, maybe, like, a, a peacock costume or putting somebody on a corner, f- like, flailing the little signs. You've seen the sign, you know, uh, the sign trick people um, or, or even, like, the balloon people outside of, like, you know, blow-up balloon flailing thing outside of the, the, the car companies, the the car lots, um, whatever you call them, place where people sell cars, um... Even that's marketing, and even that's effective, and that's why people do it. We can mix and match the internet and reality. Um, Yeah, man, you know, basically, I want to express in this episode is that when building your character and promoting your character and what it is that, you know, he represents, he or she represents, um, it is important to remember that the essence of that itself is a creative toil. It's a creative undertaking. It's not a fixed undertaking, taking that undertaking that follows a specific rubric or framework. It's a it's a creative task, and it's something that, while following the principles that govern marketing and advertising, uh, you can do it any way in which you desire, and get great results or even better results. Therefore, um. So when it comes to building a character, you know, you don't have to run ads, you don't have to hit up, you know, influencers through the internet, you don't have to have a landing page, you don't have to you don't have to you know, these are traditionally the cutting edge ways to do it. Don't get me wrong, but you can do it any way you want. You can literally get as creative as you want, you can be Kanye and do dumbbell lift the dumbbells on the internet, uh online while you're recording yeah, like you can do anything. It's not one fixed thing. And uh, that just blew my mind. So I want to be doing an internet and a physical, uh, local hybrid campaign. Um, and I think I just found a way to fill up my calendar. With that being said, everything that I talk about in this episode um, and the, the reason the flyers are going out is for an event that's coming up. It's called the Becoming the Hero Summit. And essentially, what the summit is, is I've gathered 20 to 30 people who are the heroes of their community, role models and people, icons of their community. And they're teaching, how do you become an icon of your community? Everybody, no matter who you are, has something remarkable about you, has a skill or, or something that people can revere you for, like, uh, uh, like a boxer. A boxer, that's their way they've chose to be a role model, or a hero of their community, someone that gets, or a rapper, they've used their words to do it everyone no matter who you are and even if you think you don't know, have something remarkable about you that is worth being celebrated and worth being emulated and inspired uh worth worth aspiring to um and so these people who are icons who are insanely rich all seven figure eight figure businesses um you know make more than a regular average worker makes in a lifetime in a single launch uh, these people who have millions and millions of followers who give them all their loyalty all their adoration and all their money uh just really for being them I ask these people, how is it that if you lost it all overnight, in 30 days, you would build it all back? How would you become the hero all over again? Um, And we break down really in detail all the tactics and strategies associated with building up a character um, and with that character, building um, systems that bring that character wealth and and revenue, adoration and following. Um, It's an insane summit. It's going down September 28th. Um, It'll be four days only. And with those four days up, they're up. So if you want to attend the summit, which I want want you to do is go down and follow me on Clubhouse and follow me in the Facebook group that we have um, because it's going to air for four days live in those groups. And when it's done, it's done. It's absolutely free. And so join those groups because that's where it's going to air. It's going to blow your mind. It's called Becoming the Hero Summit. With that being said, uh, man, I really don't have anything else to say in this podcast. Think about the rigidity behind your ways. And realize for yourself that it really is a poison past a certain point. Now you want to learn uh, the frameworks because the frameworks work and 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 they're incredible. They get you to 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 where you need to be. But beyond a certain point of success, beyond a certain point of uh, you know the 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 fr- the utility of each framework becomes marginal. And that's all I really wanted to say. This is Dallas sprayer, the voice of this podcast, rate, subscribe, review all that stuff for this podcast. If you want more episodes like this, I appreciate you for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. I have to go up and finish laundry. Thanks for listening.